Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. Well, hello there, and welcome to Mission Unstoppable 2021. I hope you all had a safe and happy Christmas, and you're still uh, healthy. <laughs> I hope that didn't catch up with you. Uh, COVID is still with us, but hopefully you're you know near to getting a vaccine, and, and we can say goodbye to this. We can certainly say goodbye to uh, Trump, as you guys know, I can't stand him, so I'm really happy to say goodbye to him, even though I don't even live in that country. Uh, I'm still very happy to do that. Uh, I have a very special guest today, and I'm really excited to introduce him to you. His name is Martin Cooper. He is a Prince of Asturias laureate. Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's an award given out by the Princess of Spain for individuals and entities and organizations from around the world who make notable achievements in the sciences, humanities, and public affairs. He was named by Time Magazine as one of the 10, 100, sorry, 100 best inventors in history. He's a lifetime member of the IEEE. He was president of its Vehicular Technology Society, and he received its Centennial Medal. The Radio Club of America awarded him a Lifetime Achievement Award in 2010. And in 2013, Marty became a member of the National Academy of Engineering, from whom he received the Charles Stark Draper Prize for Engineering. He was awarded the Marconi Prize for being a wireless visionary, <clears throat> excuse me, who reshaped the concept of mobile communication. And he has been inducted into the Consumer Electronics Hall of Fame and Wireless History Foundation's Wireless Hall of Fame. Martin Cooper is an engineer. He's an inventor, an entrepreneur, a futurist, and now an author of Cutting the Cord. The Cell Phone Has Transformed Humanity, a fabulous book. And we're going to talk about his book. And I hope that you're going to go out and get it right away because it's going to be a very exciting read for you. Marty is known as the father of the cell phone. And he led the creation of the world's first cell phone at Motorola. And he made the first public call on a cell phone in New York City on April 3rd, 1973. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Marty. Uh, thank you for having me, Frankie. What do you think when you hear all of that? Like, wow, I did all that? Well, we don't have much more to say. You were <laughs> my entire life in, in a couple of sentences. But, yeah, uh, well, let's go back then. We're going to go back, you know, like, there's so much more than just the technology to you. You, you. you were on a submarine, you were in the Navy. And before that, you know, you were a kid growing up in Winnipeg and Chicago. And so where did you, where did you prefer Canada to the U S where were, where, where's your heart? Oh, well, I, you know, I like wherever I am, Frankie. It's, it, the location is not important. What you're doing is not important. It's the people that are important. Isn't that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I have met so many wonderful people in my life that, uh, that, uh, for which I'm extraordinarily grateful. And, and of course, you're one of them. Oh, you're such a charmer. What can I say? Um, your mom was an entrepreneur. She sold corsets in Chicago and other well, places. My mother was selling her entire life. Uh, uh, and uh, she actually uh, 
my folks started a number of businesses, uh, uh, um, uh, all of which failed at the beginning. You can find all those details out of my book. But, That's right. But uh, uh, she finally uh, became what's called an installment dealer. She used to go out, take a, a, a train out into the suburbs, and she'd go to the house to house carrying a, a rug under her arm. And she'd offer to sell this to the people in the house on the installment plan, 50 cents a week. And once she created that relationship, she sold them everything. They're, the people bought their clothes, their furniture, everything from her. And uh, she created relationships where we went to their weddings. They went to our uh, bar mitzvahs. And, uh, wow. What year was that, Marty? What year did the installment plan start? Oh, holy smoke. Well, uh, I was, uh, let's see. Well, it was 80 years ago. Oh my gosh. Wow. Whoever thought that 80 years ago we were doing credit. <laughs> That's exactly, you've got it. That was the beginning of, of uh, credit. That's exactly right. How amazing is that? Wow. Good for her. I love it. I love when I hear, you know, women's story, women out there doing, doing their things. That's, that's my really mother cool. Was, my mother was a dynamo. She was, even when she was in her uh, late 80s, she got a job, even a dress job. Oh my gosh! God so, bless her. Yeah, she was a she was a dynamo, and uh, I was very lucky to have her. Nice. Yeah, that's a great that's a great um, memory to have, and wonderful that you had such a great mom as a, as a role model for for you, and and especially for you because of who you are and the way that you think, and um, you know you talk about, and I really, I really hate it as much as you do talking about outside the box, the box, the box, you know, um, I never thought about a box. I just thought, <laughs> and I thought differently and you think differently than other people and the, and, you know, inventors and futurists, they have to think differently than other people. And, you know, you got in, you got yourself into a career in, uh, electronics, but it could have been anything I think for you. And, and you still would have succeeded and you and you would have failed a million times like you did because that's the only that's the only path to success is to fail yeah, uh, took me a long time to figure that out for <laughs> but i think you're exactly right it doesn't matter what you do you, you have the uh, energy and the curiosity and, and the uh willingness to accept failure that's the hardest part of all you know it is the worst part of, uh, of being a salesperson is accepting rejection that's true and I, and I don't do that very well. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't until I put game into it. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to get nine no's and then I'm going to get a yes. So it's like cross, 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 cross. Yes. Yay. I'm going to get a sale. <laughs> the law, it says you have to. The law of averages says you're bound to, right? So <laughs> you're going to go with it. So what I love about, um, what I loved about your book and I liked about the thinking of your book is that you look at technology as, as a form of expression for humanity. And you know, I remember being in the government and the cell phones were, were we were using the technology a little bit. This was in the uh, 90s. And we we were talking about ethics. You know, the, this whole thing of ethics came up and because people were, you know, couldn't use a cell phone uh, to, to, to buy a, a pop at the, the vending machine. And you can use, you know, the cell phone to do all kinds of things. But you know, where does ethics come in? And, and now you can take pictures and videos of people on the street before, you know, as a journalist, you used to have to go get 
a signed release to take somebody's picture. So people are doing all kinds of things with their phone. Uh, did you ever think about where they would be today uh, addicted to the phone? Oh, no, we, uh, you know, there's so many things about the phone that we could not have imagined. You, uh, you know, if I take it back to 1973, this are primitive times. There, were, there was no digital camera. The uh, personal computer had not been invented. And the internet was just a, a, a scientific curiosity used by, by scientists specifically. Yeah. Uh, there were no integrated circuits, you know, these things that allow us to put computers into a cell phone. So these were really primitive times. And, and what we built was a telephone. Uh, it, and, and that was it. We had a, it had actually a, a, an address book built into it uh, because uh, if, as you noticed in my book, when I made that first phone call, I had to go to a paper list of telephone numbers because that's the, <laughs> the only way to do it. Yeah. So our phone did have one futuristic feature, but telephoning was, uh, teleporting was the uh, issue. And we were convinced that someday everybody would have a phone like this. Because we had discovered, because we were in the two-way radio business, we built all the police radios and the fire department and businesses. And when we finally could, uh, these, all of these radios, two-way radios were, were built into cars. And we finally built and figured out how to make one that you could hold in your hand. We discovered the, an amazing thing that people, we, we made a, a holster so people could put these things on their belt. Nobody used them. They had yeah. them in their hands. Yeah. Did, yeah. That, did that give you an, an idea of, of uh, the vision that, that we had? People are mobile. Yeah. People want to move around. They want to stay connected. And so uh, we finally figured that out. Uh, my boss taught me that, and, and it became part of my uh, basic culture. Uh, and so when the opportunity came to uh, come up with this thing where everybody could have a phone, and then the phone company, which was then a monopoly, Ma Bell uh, came along and they said, yeah, but we're going to make this telephone that everybody can talk on and it's going to be wired into the car. We said, you know, that's ridiculous. This is the future. Yeah. So, uh, that's when uh, we took on the Bell system. Uh, they were the biggest company in the world by every measure. And we're this, this little company in Chicago. Well, we were a billion dollars, but that was trivial compared to the, uh, to the uh, Bell system. Uh, and we approached the uh, FCC at the Federal Communications Commission. They control who can be on the airwaves, who has television uh, spectrum, who has radio programs. And uh, we told them, uh, first of all, this new service should be competitive. It should not be a monopoly because monopolies uh, are slow, stodgy, and they are not in the interest of the public. And second of all, we said the world is ready for personal communications, not car telephones. Yeah, yeah. It took us almost 15 years to persuade the FCC that this was the way to go. Uh, and it was a continuing battle because uh, AT&T, the phone company didn't give up. That's the old AT&T, it's not the new one. Like you, you, worked, you worked at Motorola for 30 years, pretty much. And like, was it like 
10 or 15 years, I mean, you were just talking about the, you know, the spectrum and, and like that whole argument about who owned it and who, who's going to get the airwaves and, and um, AT&T wanted the whole thing and you've kept fighting. No, it's not right. Like we, and there's more, there's enough for everybody and there's still more to go around. So for one person to own it, it should be public domain. That was your fight, wasn't it? Yeah, well, there were a lot of battles, but you've got you encapsulated it all very well. Oh, thanks. What, <laughs> what talk about the rest of the time. <laughs> There's <laughs> lots to talk about. I, I, you know what I found fascinating? Because my daughter's going to be a police officer soon. And you talked about the, um, the communication device that they wore on their shoulder and that it, it hit the window in the car because there was no, no you know, steel or anything to, to impact on the airways. So it got like a better, better communication. Did yeah. I get that right? Boy, you were really a captain. You should have been. A, you probably are an engineer. <laughs> no, I don't have an engineer mind. But uh, it was, it was, I liked reading it. I told you, I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there were so many issues that all came together. You know, you, you wonder whether these things can all be that serendipitous. It's not, that's the reason. You know, when I started the book, all I wanted to talk about was the, that story about the bell system. And I realized that everything comes together. This whole thing about the radio spectrum, the technology, my mother, yeah. uh, you know, entrepreneurship, it, it's all one big picture. It's not a bunch of isolated things. They all connect. In fact, you know, I, you, you really are stimulating, uh, Frankie, because uh, I have a lot more time to think now than I had in the old days. Everything in the universe is connected to everything else. It's it true is. in your body. People keep trying to cure diseases of this and that. Don't they understand that everything in your body is connected to everything else and your brain is controlling everything? And that's what I loved about when I did the research on your program. Oh, yeah. Your, your whole mission is feeling good. Well, social impact is very important to me. I like, I like the idea of social impact. So I like, I really, you know, I hope and I love when I can meet people and companies who think about um, having corporate responsibility and helping other people through, through, you know, what they make with their own company, whether it's directly, you know, related to what they do or not, you know, like I paint, but money goes to, um, to pay for cleft palate surgery or, you know, so diff diff different things like that. And I, like Bell, talking about Bell. Bell has, you know, let's talk. So they have the kids helpline and they, they talk to people with mental health problems, which is, you know, a huge program for them and really, really necessary. So I love that about them. Um, but there's lots of companies today that think about social impact and, and a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, who start B companies and, and uh, who think about, you know, how can I help first? And then, you know, what I'm going to do with my company. So we've come a long way. Well, you know, you know my, uh, we haven't talked about my wife. No, uh, let's talk about Lynn, let's talk about her. But uh, she's uh, uh, is a, uh, probably one of the best engineers that I've ever known. Uh, she never uh, more than just a few courses in college. She really, not a college degree, but she is an inventor. She has a number of patents, 